Emergency, the exits are here, 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 anywhere. Keep your hands and arms inside the carpet. We name is Hades, Lord of the Dead. Hi, how you doing? We dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home happy. What do you say? Come on. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Disney Guys Uncensored. This is episode 130, recorded on Tuesday, February 15th. We are your hosts, Bub and Tim, and tonight we are joined by host emeritus Drew. Tonight's show, we are emerging from the Sarlacc pit to talk about season three of The Mandalorian. I mean, Book of Boba Fett. So strap on your best car and join us as we talk all the things going down on Tatooine tonight. But first, Drew, how you been? It's been forever I- since the listeners have heard from you. Yeah, I, I'm excited to be here. I'm ecstatic. I mean, out of all the Star Wars nerds in the world, you picked me, which is probably like a one out of ten. But hell, I watched it. I'm excited to be here. Can't wait. All right. All right. So but first, I think I'd be doing a disservice to the listeners because Bob and I have very little interest in the subject. So we uh, got to ask you about that Disney earnings call that just came out. And the uh, the elections for board of directors and those profits and all that. You have any thoughts on what seems like it's been a very good year for Disney in the financials department? I mean, I always have a thought, right? The stock is at one hundred and fifty four dollars. I think when we started this podcast many, many years ago, it was like fifty to sixty dollars a share. Um, it come it has come a long, long way. Let me give you the 30 second spiel, if that even. Uh, if you look at the report, as you know, most stock reports or most company reports compare their financials to, you know, let's say January 1st of 2022 to January 1st, 2021. So they look at that same time period of the previous year. What you'll see here is um, they show the, the actual money income and then they show the percentage change. And your mind would be blown on if you look at this report. How much of the percentage change is over 100%? Um, They don't go into like 200, 300%. If it's over 100%, it just says greater than 100% increase in profit, which a lot of these categories uh, have hit. It's incredible. Uh, Obviously, the parts is a no-brainer, right? That that we know from last year, this time was was not a good place compared to now. Uh, One of the big things to take away, Disney Plus subscribers around the world has hit, what's this number? A 37% increase. That's crazy, right? Because, we, you know, the pandemic's been going on for a few years now. We, we thought everyone was, you know, subscribing to these things. But they've increased it 37%. Uh, pretty pretty crazy. And then the, that, the Hulu. That's totally crazy because Netflix just reported their first ever drop year over year at subscribers. Yeah. And they're not meeting the growth goals. And the same thing with uh, Peacock lost $3.5 billion. Mm-hmm. And um, they didn't give numbers for Paramount Plus, but that's also underperforming. It's HBO Max and Disney Plus are your two streaming services that are overperforming right now. And Disney Plus seems like it's yeah, 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 let's not pretend they're not even in the same league as Netflix, though. They're not even in the same league as that's Netflix fair. in terms of subscribers. So that's they not have- fair to Netflix to compare the the. The, the services that way i understand yes netflix lost subscribers but netflix has more subscribers than almost every other streaming service combined agreed that is true and I, and I don't know what the numbers are for netflix i'm looking here the report disney plus had 
130 million. I think I'm reading that right. Sometimes they write them weird. 130 million subscribers. ESPN Plus, we saw a 76% increase at 21 million subscribers. And Hulu, 45 million subscribers. So you throw those all together, Disney's looking at almost 200 million subscribers of their streaming networks. Um, they made a lot of partnerships with sports. I think that that's why you saw the increase. But, you know, I do agree with Bob. I'd like to see what, what Netflix numbers are, if we can find them. Um, but, yeah, it, I mean, it's great. Overall, I think those are the two takeaways. Uh, amazing increase in subscribers at Disney+. Plus. Obviously, the park revenue, huge increase into the hundreds of percent increase from last year this time. And overall, a lot of these consumers and marketing and direct-to-consumer products, you see an increase as well. All so positive ask, stuff. My, my, my wife tells me on, on Disney TikTok that the big trend is to uh, send back your, your board of directors ballot if you have your, your vote because you have at least one share of stock saying that you you don't want Bob Chapek reelected to the board of directors trying to kind of ape the, the Disney war coup to oust Eisner back in the late 80s. Uh, obviously, there's no chance of this working. But what do you think, Drew? Should uh, should, should Disney fans be kicking Chapek out the door or is he really Listen. just the taking the blame if, for if all their like, insecurities about the parks and stuff. If you like money, obviously Che Pet has, has done some some wonderful things. I, but you mean you should also say he got set up, right, by Eider in, in a successful way. Right. So, you know, you should look at that point of view. But regardless, kick Che Pet out. Go for it. What's gonna happen? You're just gonna bring in another business leader, right? That that's what a lot of these places are coming. You know, they like to make money. I hate to say it. And now that they they've gotten used to making money, they're not just gonna go throw it away. Put in whoever you want. They're going to make money too. Uh, Bob, I just looked 222 million subscribers for Netflix. Yeah, for Netflix. So yep. almost double of just Disney Plus, right? Maybe 100 million more. But yeah, I, mm -hmm. I agree. And, and like you said, if you added up all those other Paramounts and uh, Peacock and those, I'm sure they only scratch the surface. But yeah. I actually left. I actually left Paramount Plus. I never used it, so I, my year was up and I did not re up. So I re up to Peacock though. You're a BattleBots fan. That's why. Discovery. Discovery. No, that's Discovery Plus. So I'm actually into the Olympics. I like the Olympic coverage that it's pretty much on demand on Peacock. It's fantastic. And um, I'm right now I'm in isolation ish, as it were, for the last five days for uh, for the old vid. Six hundred days, guys, I lasted. Six hundred days, but God. it got me. Um, I've been watching The Office. Uh, I'm into like the mid season five when Pam and Jim finally get engaged and and Andy is marrying Angela. It's 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 mayhem. It's that's you love have the, 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 so. the Survivor episode yet when Buffett's <laughs> voted out first. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I love that episode. <laughs> I did get the Survivor Man episode when he goes into the woods of Scranton and he starts eating the mushrooms and Dwight about. comes running out of the woods. Fantastic. So I'll admit I'm not the world's biggest uh, The Office fan, but the the parkour episode that gets me all the time. That's a classic physical comedy performance uh, on TV. And uh, speaking of parkour, let's talk about another show with leaping from rooftop to rooftop. Man, that was a tortured, tortured transition there. But uh, let's talk about so far what's the strangest of the big Disney Plus series so far. Uh, Book of Boba Fett. Uh First off, I'll just ask, uh, Bob, what is your overall thoughts uh, on the seven episodes we saw of this show? I thought it was fantastic. I wasn't as on board with it at first. It, it took a while for me to buy in. Um, but in totality, the seven episodes, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a fun show. But I'm not nearly as 
picky as 90% of the Star Wars fandom is, and I'm not nearly as rancid about things as a lot of Star Wars fans are, so I took it for what it was. It was an enjoyable show, and nothing more, nothing less. And that's, I liked it. There were some things I thought they could have done better, some things I thought were better than they should have been, and uh, that's it. I mean, no, I, I enjoyed the show. Drew, how about you? Yeah, you know, I, I, I agree with Bob in a way. It, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, we'll get into the whole Mandalorian crossover thing, which I have my own feeling on. But I, th- I think at the end of the day, and, and I'm going to throw out a reference of Game of Thrones, and I think Game of Thrones season one changed the way we watch television from a hype point of view, from an expectation point of view, all the way on. And what I mean by that is, is I think it's okay, and Bob and I were actually talking about this a little bit today, was earlier in the day, it's okay to go into a show and just say, you know what? That was a fun show. I enjoyed it. You know, nothing more, nothing less. Some good action scenes. I laughed a little bit. Uh, there was some good moments. You know, I felt bad. Emotions went. It was just an okay, fun show. And, and I think another prime example of this, no pun intended, of what we just seen recently is the Amazon Prime show, The Ring of Power, for the new Lord of the Rings show, right? I think that so many people are already giving this show a bad rap right? This is going to be bad. Why? It can still be fun, right? And I think that's what people were saying with Boba a little bit in the beginning. This is bad because of this or this. Just enjoy it for what it is. Uh, Those diehard references that we're going to get into later, Tim, those were there for you fans. And for fans that are just mean bubbles, I would say the casual Star Wars fans, we enjoyed it. I just want to know, who's more rancid here? The Lord of the Rings fans or the Star Wars fans? Because that's an angry group of people. There's some crossover. There's some crossover in those two groups. That's a tough one. I'm going to give it to the Star Wars fans <laughs> just because there's there's way more of them. And once those the pre uh, the sequel trilogy started coming out, man, there was some of just all time awful takes being put out on the Internet. I mean, there was multiple actors in the sequel trilogy who got harassed off of the Internet and still don't have Twitter accounts because of the Star Wars, quote unquote, fans. So I, I got to give it to that. But these Lord of the Rings fans, they're, they're giving them a run for their money. After that Super Bowl trailer, you'd think that uh, I don't know that they were they're tearing up the book or something. People had a strong reaction to that thing. Um, I don't know. I guess I am more of a hardcore Star Wars fan than either of these guys. Uh, I thought the show was good. I I really did like the series. Um, the 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 thing out echo exactly what I said. It was a fun series for what it was. It was exciting appointment TV for seven weeks. Uh, my issue with it was that it didn't really do anything to advance the Star Wars narrative, uh, except for, and as we'll get into, the kind of bait and switch to the Mandalorian stuff in the last third. Um, As far as the Boba Fett portion, I really feel like from that post-credit scene uh, where uh, uh, you see him take Jabba's throne uh, at the end of season two credits in Mandalorian, to the conclusion of this series, you uh, really n- nothing changed in this interceding seven episodes as far as Boba Fett's character goes. Um, Bob, what, what, you look like you're yeah, trying I'm to. I'm just super curious because I, if I hear one more person tell me there was a bait and switch with this ep- with this TV show, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. In 2020, John Favreau went on Good Morning America and said this was Mandalorian 2.5. 
He admitted this two years ago to you people. I don't know what you wanted from him. This is a character that literally had six minutes of screen time in the original trilogy and like four words of four lines of dialogue. Oh, and a hundred percent, hundred. That's that's like, that's exactly what I'm getting at. The is, reason any of us like Boba Fett is because he's a cool action figure, and that's it. And, that's, and that's why Boba Fett was like a very cool costume design by a costume designer who was yeah. not even supposed to be like a into integral part of the series and his original Kenner action figure in 1980 was one great. of the best selling toys one in the great history of all time it's a fantastic uh, action figure they panicked and they were like all right we need to do more yeah. that's how you end up with the Star Wars holiday special that's how you end up with a ton of Boba Fett books in the old extended universe before Disney bought it. And and I think you hit it right on the head. How can you flesh out a character who has six minutes of screen time, four lines of dialogue, and dies by his jetpack getting bonked and falling into a monster's mouth? And then you get the classic Wilhelm scream in it too, when he falls in. Played for comedy. It's played for comedy. I, I, I just think initially outside of the, the Good Morning America stint that Favreau had, there was an article in June that came out, June of this past year, June 2021, Collider picked it up, with insiders saying they were always treating this like the more um, closely linked spinoff to Mandalorian, that it was always meant to be the interstitial between Mandalorian and Season 2 and Mandalorian Season 3. This is kind of like when they did Spider-Man uh 2.1 or whatever it was after spider-man 2 came out they released like an extended cut with like six more minutes of of and i know it's not a perfect comp but i i just and tim you're not the and i'm not you're the you just happen to be the the guy that's bringing that up again but everyone is like well what this is supposed to be about boba fett i, I said well it kind of was i mean he was in mando towards the end mando owed him a debt i mean he kind of paid it i mean they're buddies i, I just I don't know why everyone's so worked up about it. Like it, we've known for year, for literally two years, that this was going to be what it was. But for me, with these types of series, your Mandalorians, your Game of Thrones, your Marvel shows, it takes so much effort and so much money and so much time to make a season of it that I think the reason people are saying it's a bait and switch is why couldn't we just get season three of the Mandalorian. Why couldn't we have picked up with the Mandalorian stuff? I mean, if you're listening to this, I hope you've already seen the series. Episode four, Bub? Was episode four, episode five? Five. It was five. Where Mandalorian. Went to the dog planet there? Went to the dog planet and kicked some ass? No. Tim, I will completely agree with you. That episode had zero Boba Fett in it. Right. It it was literally a Mandalorian episode. Correct. That episode could have been episode one of... The Mandalorian season three, and then we could have gotten a season of the Mandalorian with Grogu, with Mando advancing his quest. We get to see mm-hmm. what's going on with Grogu and the, you know, his development with Luke and the Jedi. And instead, we got four episodes of Boba Fett stuff where we kind of see him tooling around on Tatooine, figuring himself out, kind of remaking him as a this kind and caring guy who's, you know, doing work to help the uh, Tuscan people reclaim their indigenous lands. Uh, 
and, and, and get the spice trading guilds and the syndicate out of Tatooine. And then we had that instead of just having a, a Mandalorian season. So so here's my problem with this, right? I mean, sure, seeing Boba with the Sand People and all that stuff, like throwback, nostalgia, cool stuff, right? But the problem that Boba Fett, I think, failed at in the beginning was is just the characters, right? The, the, the character of even Boba, like you said, we didn't really know much about him. So it was almost like we're introducing a new character. Uh, I think, like, the whole mods and his little gang there, like, I, I didn't need that. Like they're not attachable characters. So the first four episodes were very difficult to get that attachment. Right. The other problem was, is we just met in the last two seasons, the Mandalorian, a uh, uh, bounty hunter, the very next star Wars season we're following up with is another bounty hunter. It just is seems a, a little, it's correct. It just seems like a, another odd choice, right? Like maybe if you threw this in there a little bit later, Having Mando involved in the show, I think takes a, a lot way, a lot of way. I think, I think you could have had him in the show, and I think of a specific scene towards the end of episode six when they're sitting in his, you know, in in Jabba's hut, and and they're looking at like the the hologram, and they're, they're developing a plan, and and Mando's like watching in the background, and and Boba kind of looks at him, gives him the head nod. That could have been the introduction of Mando. You could have deleted episode five, and you could have deleted. 75% of episode six. And the and Mando could have still been part of this, but adding all that stuff with, with with Mando needing to go to Mandalore and take a bath and the freaking well or whatever the hell he needed to do, um, the whole Grogu armor, going to see Loot Skywalker, all that stuff had zero impact of this series. Now I get it. I, I agree with Bob and I agree it 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 feeds the overarc, but just make it about Boba. Just make it about him. Let 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 them have fun with it. Make it about Boba. Make it about Tatooine, and just leave it at that. Mando can still come and help. That whole episode seven, you don't have to have any change. Nah, maybe take Grogu out of it. To be honest, I don't think he belonged in it. I really don't. I think he should have stayed with Luke, and we should have saw more development in season three. That's how I felt about it. Yeah, I I, I can't argue with any of those points. And the other thing is, I mean, Boba has a lieutenant, Fennec Shan, who is played by an incredible actor. Correct. Another character who is basically a modern Boba Fett, where it's this cool looking character who does cool stuff and has very little character development. I mean, we know from this series and a little bit from Mando that, you know, she was literally killed and brought back to life by a splicer doctor. And she's like mostly a robot that she's not really even human. I mean, this would have been so interesting to use this to develop Fennec Shan's character a lot more. And instead, Fennec Shan's character almost always just like runs, like mm. gets sent on an errand by Boba at the beginning of the action and to only return later. Or in the case of the final episode, never return until the final scene of the entire series Correct. to like quickly wrap up the entire syndicate plot line that took the first four episodes is wrapped up as a aside in the final one and a half minutes of episode seven. And, so and that's, and that's like a big my problem too. You should have developed her, right? And and I did hear a rumor that there was actually another episode recorded or, or filmed rather. And it was supposed to be more about Boba and uh Bane. What the, what's his name? Cat Bad Bane. guy. Cad Bane. It was supposed to be more about them and their duel, which I would have loved to see. I think it even, you know, because there is, correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, you're the, the, the Star Wars Lord, but isn't the rumor that Cad Bane's the one that dented Boba's helmet 
I, I think that's some deep lore there. Yes. So, like, so, like stuff like that, you could have you could have shown a whole episode on some maybe like previous flashbacks. We God, we know this show loves flashbacks, and and some history there with Bane, and really, I mean, that's a big character to be in the show. Sell him, bring him up, get him more involved, take the Mando out of it, and make it about Boba. That's what I wanted out of this, you know. Yeah, I mean, Cad Bane is a fan favorite character. You hit on it. He uh, is heavily featured in uh, the Clone Wars and uh, Star Wars Rebels. People love him. He was originally a very minor character in the Clone Wars who kept getting brought back because the fan response to him was so strong over the years. Uh, the the thing you're talking about with Boba Fett is actually in a uh, deleted scene that I believe is included as an animatic in the special features of like the Blu-ray release of Clone Wars or Rebels. But uh, yeah, he he was set up to be Boba's foil uh, when Boba was more identified as like kind of a gray area or almost good guy character. Or in the case of this show, a full blown good guy. So for him to show up in the last 90 seconds of one episode and then show up in the battle, but then be treated like this is Boba's big, great enemy only to then have some emotional weight in that final Mm. duel, try to. You know, say Boba, you're still the bad guy and Boba's resisting that and then eventually killing him, setting up the question of is Boba truly good? Is he a a good man who does bad things to reach his ends? But there was really not that much emotional weight to any of that because we got maybe 10 minutes of screen time. And like Cad Bane, that is a cool looking character. cool sounding character like you could have done so much more with that guy but but on that let me ask you this then is cad bane truly dead because we know in star wars one never dies essentially right so i guess question for you both of you is cad bane dead and even better do we ever see boba set boba fett season two bob i'll let you take this one no, if it's up to you guys they're clearly never getting boba fett season two if they (laughs) called it the adventures of Tom and Huck, but Boba Fett and Mandalorian, would you guys have been cool with it at this point? Like, is I just don't see the, the, the point of adding the whole Mando story arc. I'm okay with adding Mando, like I said, and like you said, Bob, the whole point of their, their buddies and his return of the favor. I'm all in on that. I just didn't see the, the point or need to bring in. So you have Luke a problem with Grogu. You have a problem with the path Lu- of Grogu being yes. included. Hundred percent. Yes, that's, that's a my- different story. This yeah. is so you're the first person to truly articulate that issue to me. If yep. your issue is legitimately the fact that Grogu was involved, and I understand Grogu and Mandalorian very similar, and I know I didn't answer your question yet, but don't worry, I'm getting there. I will tell you that if you want to argue that Grogu probably didn't belong in Book of Boba Fett, and Mando should have just been on Tatooine thinking about him and whatever, fine, cool. Got it. Yep, that's my take. Because Mandalore, because Dinjar and, and Boba are intrinsically linked with their Mandalore code of ethics, it's it is what it is. So I, I was surprised that you guys. Anyway, Cad Bane's not dead, and uh, he will be back. I don't know if it'll be in Mandalorian season three because I gotta assume, based mm. on the end of the credits scene, that uh, Boba's not long for Tatooine that I think he will be going on some journeys himself with Fennec, and I imagine that they will be involved in Mandalorian Season 3 proper. So I would think that Cad Bane probably pops yeah. up in there at some point again. I, I, I like that assessment, too. I, I think you are right there, where I think a part of this now, the bigger picture, was to develop the characters in this series, to, and I think Tim said it earlier, too, to bring them back into the mainline Mandalorian 
franchise. And, and, and Mandalorian should have go eight, ten seasons because here's a fun fact for you. I don't know if you guys knew this. Pedro Pascal is not in the Book of Boba Fett. Yes, he voices the character, but he was never on set for the filming of any of that. They I had did a not son- know that because he so, was always so big on that. Even though Boba's in the helmet, he plays the Mandalorian. Like he he's in there in the helmet, despite being this yeah. huge actor who would, doesn't really need to do that. I'm ninety percent sure that is true. Uh, I heard it two different sources. So yeah, I mean, but the point is, is you know, Disney could say we're going to give you a hundred million dollars. You don't have to show up on set. You know, uh, you know, talk for two days and record your voice. You know, I I mean, don't get me wrong. He's going to want to be there for for some things. But mm-hmm. it, it allows him to still pursue other career moves while still being the voice and the, the character of Mando, you know? So I, I think this is going to be, like you said, a long series. And I think I do like how it's going to start intertwining the characters. And if that was the goal of Boba, I think it did. You know, and listen, what Bob said, we're talking about Favreau here. We know what this guy does. Look at what he did with the MCU. He knows what he's doing. This is he's creating an MCU here yeah. for Star Wars characters. And I, I don't think I don't think that this was a bad show. And I think what John Favreau and Dave Filoni and all the people who they keep bringing back to 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 direct episodes of the show, you know, Robert Rodriguez and Taiki Watiti and um uh who Bob, who's the woman who's drafted um several episodes? Bryce Dallas Howard Ryan. Bryce Dallas Howard. Um like this, this crew of people is doing incredible work on Star Wars, and um, I agree with Drew. Though I think, I think the problem and what I see as the quote unquote bait and switch, what I think is less of a bait and switch and more of maybe partway through the writing, Pavro panicked and realized you can't do a fully fleshed out, interesting show that people want to watch if it's only about Boba Fett figuring out how he runs most Eisley, and that's why we had to pull back in these beloved characters of Mando and Grogu. But my issue specifically with Grogu is the choice that Grogu is forced to make by Luke in this show is so incredibly important and it will have so much weight on the plot of the Mandalorian going forward, whether it's for one more season or 10 more seasons, that to have it happen in this other show it's just downright bizarre to me, you know? Well, I, I, I think we'll see, we'll re-see that actual scene of him choosing and what went down and what happened. Um, I, I think that will be replayed in season three. So you think we'll actually see it at Luke's yes. under construction Jedi Temple, Grover all, physically making the decision, not yes. just that we saw him flash to Mando, pull his shirt down and so, show him that he's wearing the shirt. Which correct. I, I think there's more to it. I think we'll see I think we'll see the choice and, and what happens between there. Yep. Personally. I, and, I and hope it, so. And I think that's gonna get more involved in uh what's her name? Um Asha, whatever. Ahsoka uh, Tano. Ashoka. Yeah, I think it's gonna get more involved in her series too, which maybe will help lead that up a little bit more too. And yeah, and I think that, I think that's underrated. The the Luke and Ahsoka being on screen together just so casually, and I don't even know if this is a thing that maybe you or Bub didn't pick up on being not super fans, but that is Darth Vader when he was Anakin. He took Ahsoka as his Padawan, Mm -hmm. you know, against the wishes of the Jedi Council. So there is no person in the world, in the galaxy, who knows Luke's father when he was pure 
better than Ahsoka, who watched him in the beginning stages of when the dark side corrupted him. And I hope we get to see that interaction more where Luke can actually learn about his father, the man, in a way that he never has been able to prior by having this person who was so close to his father more so than anyone else yeah. other than Qui-Gon Jinn, who's you dead. Know, it's funny, though, with Ahsoka, and I don't really know what, what we're going to see with her show, but at the same time, I mean, we kind of got to let the Skywalker saga go away. It's time for new characters, and I, and I believe that. You know, how how long can we beat a dead horse with, with the Skywalker saga? I, you know, don't get me wrong. It was great. It was fun, but we got to move on, and maybe we will. I mean, not to make three more movies, supposedly, right? I hadn't heard that, but I kind of hoped. <laughs> I like this TV format. I really think that this serves the story so much better than making these big epic movies that have such high expectations and such long lead times. Speaking well, of Skywalker. What you're going to run into with Ahsoka's show is you're going to run into Admiral Thrawn. You're going to run into Ezra Bridger. All these characters that come from kind of, I don't know, Tim, if the Star Wars Rebels, I think it is. Yeah, that, the Rebels of, time period. I mean, that's I mean that's probably going to be more of what you see, I think, with that. Because I think that was even alluded to in Season 2 of Mandalorian was the Admiral Thrawn uh, reference yeah. at the temple that they battled at when it was Mando and Osaka versus whoever the hell they were bad. Well, that's that's the other thing, too. Ruber's Mace Windu's going to come back because he's not dead. I mean, it's like, at what point do you say, ah, okay, you know, enough's enough. Let's, let's move so on. So the problem you run into with Star Wars more than any other dominion of characters is that they had such a rich history of True. stuff. Books, TV shows, specials, movies, random things that Lucas wasn't even a part of. And Disney bought Lucasfilm whenever they did for uh, slightly more than they paid for Marvel. And they took a ton of that and made it Legends. Yes. So uh, so, uh, so, yep. so so Tim knows about all these characters and where they come from and what they are and, and, and what they mean. They may not mean that when they show up on the screen, which right. I think will be frustrating for Star Wars fans. And so, that I will agree with in terms but, of frustration level. I I like that book. Could you could you expand on that, right? Because I think that's a good way to do. Is I correct me if I'm wrong. Is that analogy saying like Legends is almost the comic books and Star Wars media is like the MCU? So in, in a way, for the for the basic fan listening to the show, probably the best way to explain it was what you just yeah. said. Uh, Tim, correct me wrong. I think it's Rebels. I think it's um, Clone Wars, that the TV show, and then the nine movies are definitely canon, officially canon, I think, with Correct. Disney. And then and the books and a lot of, like, the specials and the one-offs were not... And I think, actually, the... Uh, the the Not the Sinister Six, the other... No film. books written before Disney purchased show? Star Wars is our canon. Those are legends. Right. And they literally... Like, if you are at Walt Disney World and you're in Galaxy's Edge and you ask a cast member about something from the books... They will answer it literally as though it is legends like Greek myths or, mm -hmm. you know, these are tales that probably aren't true, that are probably heavily embellished, but they're based on people and events and locations that are exist in the Star Wars universe, but they're not true. And then what Disney has been doing through their books and their comic books is recanonizing things like Grand Admiral Thrawn. Things like Luke Skywalker having some form of Jedi teaching school after Return of the Jedi, but in a way that fits to the framework of what Disney wants to do with the series. So that is all the books after the Disney purchase. Those are also canon. 
Uh, honestly, it's very, very confusing, very complicated. The big thing though is what Bob said that the Clone Wars CGI TV series, the Rebels TV series, and Bad the, Batch too, right? Bad Batch. Well, is Bad Batch is new and on Disney Plus, right? But that's also included in in the Correct. canon. Everything the, the after has been all the shows. Yeah. But if you just go to Wikipedia, which is the the Star Wars wiki. Every single entry at the top says canon or legends. And if it's something that pertains to both, you can click between the tabs and see between the two different versions of it. And honestly, the Star Wars people tell yourself that's the best way to keep track of what's what's canon and what's not. I um, like that. That said, if we're leaving the Star Wars, it, even if we don't all agree that we should leave the Skywalker saga behind, although I think we all do move on. These new characters are interested in no way. We don't have to keep rehashing it. We don't have to literally have uh, deep fake CGI AI voiced Mark Hamill. As impressive as that was, that was unbelievable how far along that sort of stuff has come to see Luke's character in this. Can we at least leave Tatooine as a setting behind? I mean, the only reason we had so much Tatooine in the original trilogy is because George Lucas could film for free once he got to Tunisia and Africa because nobody wanted to be there. Uh, I mean, I get that it's kind of become important to Star Wars lore, but there are other places that have crime syndicates and that have an underbelly and can fly under the radar that we've I've seen enough Tatooine for a lifetime. I don't know about you guys. So it's funny, Tim. I watched episode one, and episode two in my uh, isolation days here, the last couple of days. And I, because you made that note to us, you said, can we leave Tatooine behind? There are so many random, like, rich cityscapes that you really never see in the TV mm. shows. And and even, I mean, listen, Hoth is just a frozen version of Tatooine. So give me more Endor. Give give me, um, I, I'm going to butcher the name. So give me Wookie, Give me the Wookiee planet. Uh, Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk. Give me that. Give me... The cities give me the, I was say, the lower levels of Coruscant yeah. is like by far yeah. all the things that you see on Tatooine crime syndicates being under the radar, yep. being undetectable mm -hmm. by the Republic and the Empire. All that is the same case on the lower levels of Coruscant, but mm -hmm. it's a city. And we saw a little bit of a similar thing when you know Mando was looking for the armorer. Um, it that was that a was very some, similar environment to it, odd. yeah. But, it goes uh, into the meatpacking plant. Yes, with the dog people. Hopefully we see more dog people. It blew my mind. That, that entire line episode, was... If you guys said to me we had to remove one episode from the season, it would have been that one because it literally had nothing to do with Boba in, in any way. So yeah. I will I will grant you the <laughs> argument that that episode didn't belong. And, and I think that's what it's made me... Mandalorian season one and two so great because every episode was a new bounty, a new journey to a new planet. Remember the ice spiders? And it's like, like that was the stuff that was so intriguing and so amazing. You know, and that you know what it had going for it, Drew? It was very much like the young Indiana Jones Chronicles where yeah. that Lucas did for, for ABC TV back in the, the early 90s. It was a new episode. It was a new adventure every week. It was a serialized history lesson or something Every week. The show wasn't great. It was fine. But that's what it was. And like you just said, that's what made Mandalorian, the first season, so fun to watch. Because you didn't mm. know what you were getting into in each season. But Correct. there was a common line between the episodes. But they were truly different episodes every time. All, all I want to know 
is are we seeing robot Darth Maul in Obi-Wan? I, I think so. <laughs> we better. I, I think so. <laughs> That's we all better. I need. Uh, if, if Listeners, if you are familiar with Richard, uh, in, in Rebels, uh, we, we, we see Darth Maul, who was obviously cut in half during episode one, actually survives. To Bub's point, no one in Star Wars is ever actually, or I guess it was Drew's point, no one in Star Wars is ever actually dead. And he literally comes back uh, as a half man, half robot, something that was heavily featured also in this show. And we're going to see uh, Timothy Oliphant's uh, Marshall character brought back by the same splicer who brought back Fennec Shan. So I think they are setting us up to understand that people can be heavily roboticized and come back to hopefully set up for that very cool version of Darth Maul, who served as a primary antagonist for part of uh rebels to come back in the obi-wan show which is really right around the corner um i just want a couple little pieces that i i wanted to touch on that didn't really fit into the conversation um all the references and throwbacks that we saw mando getting the naboo starfighter uh some of the camera shots of that were, were taken like one for one out of uh, episode one him test flying it over both Luke's Womp Rat hunting grounds that's referred to in the original New Hope and also through the pod racing course uh, was awesome. And then for me, this was this was the part that, you know, popped me probably harder than anything else in this whole show was seeing the RX series droids in the poker room slash casino, like nice bar that uh, ends up getting blown up. Uh, RX series droids are, of course, the pilot droids from Star Tours that were created for that ride in 1987 and voiced by uh, Pee Wee Herman himself. And now is uh, RX um, DJ RX is uh, is serving at Ogus Cantina on the East and West Coast, the happiness best DJ in the in the land. So I, I loved all that stuff. I, I, I thought of it almost as like a sugar rush, like visual candy, seeing all this stuff jam packed in was really fun and exciting. And I think that's the kind of stuff that maybe they wouldn't be able to do in the Mandalorian because it's so important and so purposeful in its details. And we have to get this story advanced forward. Um, so it was nice to see all that sort of stuff, uh, seeing, um, I, I, the, the large black Wookiee black crack, I think is how you pronounce it. Getting him introduced to it. Um, was pretty cool, and uh, obviously he survived, so I, I'm sure we'll see more of him. He was a very powerful gladiator turned bounty hunter, now turned ally of our our motley crew that we are, are gaining in the Filoni-verse. Uh, so any other final thoughts as we wrap up this episode, guys? No, thank, thank you for having me. For me, I, I like I said, it was a fun episode. I'm looking forward to more of these shows. Listen, I'll tell you, you mentioned Robert Rodriguez earlier. If there's not a director that loves himself, some of himself more than Robert Rodriguez, I, I don't know who it is because he loves himself. Some Robert Rodriguez. It's incredible to watch some of his stuff. I will say tip of the cap to him, though, because his touch of Western in this series was extremely well done. And I really do appreciate a good Western. So we got two legitimate like okay corral style shootouts in this series so i'm very excited about that i'm i'm here for a more western edge to star wars because that it's at its core it's a space western for sure okay sorry we can't wrap up yet i have one more thing that we uh we cannot leave the fans without talking about this guys using a rancor as chekhov's gun uh, uh, uh a beast that if you're a longtime fan of the show 
you know that we killed off very, very quickly in the Monsters Battle Royale because he drew a very bad lot and got matched against probably his worst matchup, The Predator. And honestly, was not that impressed in the original trilogy. Getting to see a Rancor go all out in the final battle and then just go King Kong on everybody, <laughs> climb up that tower, that was great. And also, when the final shot of the series was a pullout of Mos Eisley, and we see that tower again, why was the Rancor not still up there hanging out, like <laughs> keeping everybody in line in Boba Fett City? Like Boba's injured, Fennec is like on the, you know, or um, you know, the Marshal's on the brink of death. We need somebody to keep order. Bubba just puts his, why couldn't he just put his rancor up on the tower to keep people in line until things were back, you know, rebuilt in the city? Hey, you know what, Tim? You should you should write a letter to Filoni. I, I may. I'm very disappointed. Maybe there'll be an extended cut and he'll be there. It'll be like Peter Jackson's King Kong. Exactly. <laughs> rancor Skull <laughs> Island. Yeah. The <laughs> rancor first. Don't tease Drew. Drew is here for that. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that is going to wrap up episode 130 of the Disney Guys Uncensored. Be sure to check us out on all your listening platforms. If there's one you can't find us on and would like us to be on, drop us a line. Join our Discord. Uh, reach us at thedisneyguysuncensored at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. Join our Facebook group, The Ohana. And as always, thanks for listening to the Disney Guys, Uncensored.